special heartwarming episode. What is it, eight? I don't even know. Is it episode eight? Eight. Eight? Okay, good. It's good you're keeping track of these things. I can't count higher than six. What are we doing? Well, so, you know, last time we did pretty good talking about a current relevant subject. And mm-hmm. that was that was kind of fun. Some current news, and okay. so so there's something that's been happening in the last week or so that you and I both have been saying about using this word automation in our industry, and it's like an old world word. It's what that's that's a word that we used to describe huh, <laughs> before the dot com boom. Ooh, we're going to automate that. We're going to automate that process, and suddenly now it's the the hot word for. Logistics and shipping. Hmm. Is that kind of like automat? You know, like when you had lunch in New York City in the fifties, you went to an automat. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> exactly. What? Wow. See, so way that worked was the the little machine would bring the sandwich down, or there would be a human that would be on the other side putting the sandwich in the little slot, or what? How how did that work? There there'd be humans on the other side loading the sort of. Um, turnstiles each of which would have a sandwich and a certain slot and the customer would just go up to the uh you know the sort of wall of glass uh, doors on one side and look at the sandwich through the glass and put a quarter in or whatever it is and open up the the door grab the sandwich and then close the door you know no no service no interfacing with other humans required might be good for the coronavirus actually and then behind the scenes there would be somebody you know, not seen, not heard, who would keep these these uh, individual slots filled with the sandwiches as it would rotate around. So, yeah, that was an automat. So was did that save somebody time or money? Was there something that was better because of that? I think it saved the customer because the customer didn't have to go up and order and wait and all of this kind of stuff. Remember, we're talking about before fast food became such a thing that it ultimately became. So the idea, at least in the 50s, of being able to walk into a place, you know, you didn't have to sit down and talk to the waitress and yada, yada. You could just go in and, you know, put your quarter in and open up the little door and grab your sandwich and bang, you're done. And Okay, that's so New York. It, it, it was a thing. Yeah, it was it was a thing. So were there, were there, were there no automats in California? No, are you kidding? <laughs> or North and Midwest? No, maybe Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. well, they certainly were here. They were, they were, you know, they were a thing. So, well, yeah. So I think it is similar. I was listening to a demo from a company that's automating the bills mm-hmm. of lading. It's kind of fancy, fancy new words for today. They claim that they're using machine learning to scan PDF files and then put that information into some kind of database and connect that together with the other documents around the shipment. And then you've got this great, uh, see, what did you, what was it called in New York? An aut, an automat, automat, you've got an automat. Mm-hmm. automat of all sorts of data and information that you can then pieces that you want whenever you want them. Hmm. Okay. So you get the sandwich from one slot and the coleslaw from another. Yeah, exactly. Boy, this, I'm starting to really like this analogy. <laughs> but, but like how is it make the world a better place is what i'm really wrestling with i guess you got to make sure the sandwiches are all made the same so that any anyone that gets picked is all made with the same amount of mayonnaise and chicken salad and lettuce 
It's, it's ju just the way that, that uh, you know, automation and fast food likes it. The hamburger is the same no matter where you get it. And there's a famous mm -hmm. music business story. Um, well, I don't know how about I don't know how famous, but I think it was the manager of the Who, Kit Lambert, <laughs> who at some point in the 60s or the 70s talked about how much he loved Holiday Inn. And that was because no matter where he woke up in America in the middle of the night, probably half drunk, huh. or, you know, he knew exactly where the bathroom was because they were all huh. the same. Huh. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Let's see. So no matter where data is in shipping, wherever it wakes up, it, it knows how to find a way to, to get out and go, go to the next, the, the place that needs it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that would, that would be nice if you had a, uh, you know, no matter what country it is, no matter who issued the bill of lading, you know, right where to go to get the gross weight or whatever it right, is. Right, right. Okay, that could work. Just, I'm trying to get my mind around how that's automating. I, I, I have this vision of instead of a human loading the chips into a printed circuit board or mm -hmm. sewing a sleeve onto a shirt this is a machine a robot with a little mechanical arm <laughs> I, oh. I have this vision of that kind of no, automation like a digital arm or like a digital arm. digital arm oh that's good hey well, so what, what is it now you know if, if you need to make a bill of lading you know that's yeah. your job you are yeah, the queen yeah. of the lading department mm. right right queen queen um queen peter what do you do? Do you sit down at a typewriter and uh, put in some carbon paper and start typing? What do you actually do? You hearing this? Yes. That's what you do. <laughs> Which is what? You type on a computer screen? What, what do you yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. You type on a computer yeah. screen. Yep. Okay. So, so the, the bills of lading are already digital is what you're telling me. Yeah. True. They need to be in yeah. mm -hmm. But they need to be interpreted by humans. Is that it? On the receiving end, somebody's got to open the file yeah. and actually look at it. Well, I mean, it's two things, right? It's got to go from my computer to somewhere, mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. some some location somewhere, and it's also got to be in a language that wherever it goes to, that they can they can read it, they can understand what's in it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the transport is relatively easy via the internet if it's a file of some standard type, but on the receiving end, what happens? Does mm -hmm. Somebody in Mali open up uh, Windows 98 and try to look at the file, or how, did, how does it work? I don't know. Yeah, well, the way it works these days is oftentimes those will go into another system. So it goes from one system to, or well, maybe even email. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. There's some there's some system to system. What do they call it? There's a name for that. A machine to machine. So there's some machine to machine that's going on. And then mm. there's other variations around that. There's email to machine, machine mm. to email. Mm -hmm. Does that currently exist with bills of lading? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, this one company has got a, a machine. Well, they've got, there's this, an email to machine and machine to email. Yeah. Hmm. So if the machine is recipient, then the machine interprets it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Machine okay. learning. Okay, and the machine will throw a red flag if uh, mm -hmm. you're deciding to ship 7,000 pounds of heroin into the port of Yokohama? <laughs> well, 
Yeah, that's the machine learning part of it, right? So part of it is, okay, am I, can I interpret this and, and understand that it's, this is a seven tons of heroin? Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of it is, uh, right, the intelligence, the artificial intelligence. Ah, that's not good. Must do something. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know, explain to the Rube, you know, for whose benefit is the bill of lading? I mean, is it ultimately it mm. got to be reviewed by some customs guy at government? Is it just slapped on the side of a package once it's prepared? And quite frankly, nobody ever bothers to really look at it unless there's a crisis kind of a thing? Or Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Yes, it's, so yes it's a, to what? Yes. It's, it's a universal document that it's, um, it's like you're driver's license i think of this in the right way no it's not it's like huh is it like a like a passport for goods wherein every step on the chain everybody has to whip out the bill of lading and look at it and then stamp it and then send it on its way sort of a thing yeah, uh, no it's more it's more of a piece of information about what's 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 shipping it's hmm, trying to think of it's I guess it's like your ticket. It's like it's like an airline ticket. If you, we don't have them anymore, but like we'd yeah. have these pieces of paper that had this information on it about yeah. where you were flying from and to and the gate number yeah. and it's it's more like that. And that's that's for each person, each person that's going on an airplane. So for each shipment yeah. that's going on to a truck or a ocean vessel or an airline, they have this bill of lane that says what where this thing it's critical information about this thing what's in it where's it going all right but a an airline ticket or for that matter a movie ticket or a concert ticket once one passes the threshold of admission it's never used again right exactly yeah mm -hmm. is it the yeah. same thing with the bill of lading yep. once the shipper yep. creates it and slaps it on the side of the container or yep. whatever yep. that uh, the person in B, C, D, E of the node doesn't even bother to look at the bill of lading. There's no reason for them to Typically do not. They, they might need to read the information and stick that information into their system so that they've got mm -hmm. a good record of mm -hmm. everything and that's consistent. In, here's another interesting aspect of data and automation is that it's, it's like anything that things are supposed to go according to plan and when they don't, then you have to you have to intervene, but also then there needs to be an insurance component of that. So, so the long answer to your question is there. There's if everything goes fine, it's just a record of that shipment. If things don't go fine, and you got to go back and get some money from somebody or find mm -hmm. something that got lost, it's the it's 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 especially digitally that makes it a lot easier to to go back and find out what happened and extract some. <laughs> some money out of somebody who if you look go, go back far enough on the bread breadcrumb trail you can see where who caused the problem sure but don't carriers or maybe nvoccs don't they want to know in advance certain criteria maybe what's yeah. being shipped and how much it weighs and all that other stuff mm -hmm. and if that's not contained that's in the bill of lading for future mm -hmm. reference that's then true. where is it uh yeah, you're right. It's there. It's there. It's it's a good point. It's used for loading the the ocean vessels. They they very specifically look at what's inside of the container and mm -hmm. the bill of lading associated with it. Says how much weight's in it. And 
and the size of the container. And then they use that then software. It goes into a software system that then allows the person at the port to, well, not even the person, but it allows the software to figure out which containers go where in the, in the vessel and how they get loaded mm -hmm. and unloaded. So yeah, it is used. It is used. So aside from something obvious like weight, right? Mm -hmm. I could say on the bill of lading, this this pack, this uh, uh, shipment, this container mm -hmm. is, you know, three thousand pounds of teddy bears, uh -huh. right? Yeah. When, when in fact it could be three thousand pounds of morphine, right? So if it gets to the endpoint and somebody opens it up and says, ah, "There's morphine in here," yeah, I got a lot of trouble. Then you got a lot of stuff that's got to happen that goes to find out where. Where that happened was at the beginning or somewhere in the middle, and and mm -hmm. then there's a <laughs> heads will roll. <laughs> right, that's used so, yes, to find somebody right. to blame, right? right. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's only used if the container is opened up or if there's otherwise some sort of problem. And right. the great majority of the time, if you're talking about yeah. a boat that can carry twenty thousand containers, yeah. uh -huh. it's, a safe, it's a safe bet that these yeah. uh, things are never consulted after they're glued to the side of the container or whatever ideally sure yeah if you've done if you've done the job right and there's no unknown variables that happen like a typhoon that hit, hits the mm. ship just right at a moment yeah right what if you put in a bill of lading you know you're, you're you're going from yokohama to long beach right what if you just put in a bill of lading stuff <laughs> I, my stuff I, you know, well because you <laughs> Well, if it's international shipment, you have to as well include something called an HTS code, Harmonized Tariff Schedule Code. It's an international standard that says the stuff is this. So whether it's a, a computer or the plastic that goes in a computer, there's a unique code that defines what that stuff is. So you can mm. ship it as stuff, but then you have to say it's an HTS code that says it's teddy bears. Okay, what if I went from Long Beach to the Port of Charleston? Same thing. That's oh. what the bill. Mm -hmm. uh, can't say stuff then. No, no. Yeah. Rats. I mean, you, you could, but it probably would be stopped. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, they call that household goods. There's a whole industry around shipping stuff, which is household goods. That you household goods. Household goods, mm. yes. Yeah. Well, that's pretty broad, household goods. It is. Yeah, it could be. It could be a car. It could be the paper napkins that you didn't Seriously. Use. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was Richie Rich, I'd have a, you know, a Ferrari Daytona as my household good. I mean, absolutely. or if you're Jay, Jay Leno, you know, he's got the 200 cars. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard to ship as household goods. But yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, all right. So here we are. Automation. I like the automat idea. That's good. Well, you know, quite frankly, I like the automated drone idea. Um, oh, the automated yeah. drone container Let's get idea. Back to that, yes. You know, just dump them in the ocean that. and have them go with the tide. <laughs> that would be the ultimate automation. I like that. There you go. Okay. You know, we'll and after a while, you get pretty fancy. You know, maybe sell a, a, a seat or two on the drone uh, containers. You know, uh -huh. if you want a cheap ticket, if you want a cheap ticket to, to Japan, you know, you don't have to fly with a consolidator, you know, or as a courier. Remember those things Wait. back in the day? Yeah. Well, you mean you you could you have to find a spot inside the container and sail across well, the ocean? Nobody says it's luxurious, you know, and it might be <laughs> slow, um, but uh, you know, well, you might that... get there. That, that that would certainly certainly be a, a, a 
consumer use of an automated solution in logistics. Yeah, see? Okay, I understand there. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we've done it. I think we've <laughs> we abused our audience enough. Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. We have described automation. Yes. Yes. Okay, well anyway, I think we're good. Let's uh let's let's press this button.